So did you guys watch this movie? Did you actually watch this I, movie? I rented it last night for a total of $4.99 off of Voodoo. And I had Oof. a crisp viewing experience with plenty of sound and... Oh, boy. That seems oddly specific. <laughs> I, I was... I was looking everywhere and nowhere had it, so I was just like, "Well, it was from has Prime." It. I don't. I, I don't got have it from Prime. Prime. Oh, you don't have Prime? That would, yeah, that would well, that'd be hard to find you, to get that. that do you yeah, have mm-hmm. Amazon? Yep. It's it's not on. It's not free on Prime. It's you had to pay for it. Yeah, I had to, I had to rent it on Prime. Yeah, right. So I, it's not Prime. It's Amazon Video Service, whatever the fuck they want to call it. Yeah, it was on Amazon, Google, something else, Redbox. That's what it was. Redbox is still a thing, everyone. What? And then, yeah, Redbox rentals. And then um, Voodoo. So I was just like, you know what? I buy all my digital movies through Voodoo, so I'm just going to rent it on Voodoo. Screw it. Yeah, so fine. Here I am. That is a fine option for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was good quality. It's a good quality movie. I'm not going to talk about how I watched this movie. That's oh. fine. You probably were doing a headstand <laughs> or something, and I don't want to hear about is it. A, is there a Jolly Roger yeah, involved? Yeah, exactly. You want to cause an international incident of some sort? Yes. Great. Awesome. Most excellent. International Instant. What, you projected on the side of a mosque or something? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders, rewinding movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we ripped out the innards of all our devices and left them incapable of operation because we watched Batteries Not Included. God, that is great. It would have been amazing for the end of the episode where we have uh, split ourselves open and bared our souls to everyone listening. I mean, this this seems a little intense for the opening of the, the episode there, Joe. Sometimes you gotta be intense. Well, like, yeah, if you're camping or at the circus. Or like these people, have they lost their home? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh man. That, man, this movie's a really good way to bring people down. Well, let's just... Yeah. I was going to say something about the listeners, but, like, it's it's nice to it's nice to be intense for the listeners since they're only going to get us, like, once every three months now. No! It's going to get better. Ken? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a room now. I don't have to record in the middle of a full space. I can sequester myself. I don't have to deal with tropical birds that, anymore. Yeah. Now it's just excellent. Trying to trying to edit around those man. Just picture a bird Sheesh. coming and stealing a key off your keyboard and walking around with it. Oh, <laughs> it's be beautiful. Like, Damn it. <laughs> it, toucan. Not today. <laughs> Did anyone have an experience with this movie before recording this podcast? I've heard of it at all. I remember watching it when I was little. I don't remember enough of this movie. So, like, yeah, this, a, this is a basically a brand when new you, when you movie I haven't seen, for me. At least I can picture the title. I can picture, like, 
the box, box yeah the box art, art the, the the actors this is a complete unknown for me i knew nothing about this movie other than the title i've only ever heard the title and that's it hmm so i would bring it i brought it up to like family members that we were reporting doing this this movie and all of the family members that i brought it up to is just like oh yeah i remember that and i'm like what the how 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 do you we can tell i'm excited to see where you guys go with this i I was speechless it's a weird one because it's like it it falls into that cocoon category for me like it's in that territory yeah it's it's it felt like watching cocoon like who is this movie meant for it's not a bad movie it's it's not it's not an entertaining movie for like children. I can't imagine a child sitting through this and being just on the edge of their seat excited. It was marketed as a comedy. Yeah, who the hell was this made for? I don't know. That's the question we should get to the bottom of here because that is exactly the same thing I was thinking of while I was watching this movie. Also, I'm in the same boat as Rothy. I didn't actually, I've only ever heard this movie's title. I have no idea what it's about. I thought it was about kids' toys coming to life or something. Likewise. Like likewise. I, I completely thought it was going to be like something like, you know, small, like, wind-up toy robots going across the floor and, like, kids happy and their toys are alive. I had no idea what the this movie was about, apparently. <laughs> I mean... I did watch this as a child when it came out, and I I can agree, blurred lines with Cocoon for sure, <laughs> but I just, I don't remember all the human interaction. It was all about the little UFOs well, we, we should and probably stuff. maybe... Give give a a quick rundown of the film before we hop into characters and whatnot. Oh, sure. If you have not seen Batteries Not Included, a quick synopsis is a uh, we'll call it developer in New York City is looking to plow old New York and create skyscrapers for a better tomorrow. And the last building left is... A little delicatessen. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a place to eat, a place for people to live, and there's a few people living there, and some people trying to still keep their business going. And they make the... Basically make the whole... Everyone in the building makes the wish of... I need help. And it manifests in the form of tiny UFOs who are, I think they describe them as fixers. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And they basically, their interactions with the people there basically, I'm not going to say fully fixes their lives, but helps them form a better path for their future. And through the interactions with these tiny UFOs, these people find a better path forward in the future than what life was dishing them, it seems. And I, I, I do have to comment on the tagline for that. I, I honestly think it's a great tagline. <laughs> Five ordinary people needed a miracle. Then one night, Faye Riley left the window open. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
it makes you wonder and it makes you want to see what the heck happens that gives them that hope. Yeah. Exactly. The the only thing I have to comment on is why does it seem like one of the biggest villains in 80 cinema is land development? I'm, like you got this, you got Terminator, you got Goonies, you got Ernest goes to camp. Like everybody's out to trash something that people love and, and build something new that nobody wants. Or I, I don't understand this. There's so many land development monster movies out there. It's because land developers are generally monsters. It's true. It's a real life thing that people are doing. In fact, uh, this very specific is situation where people are being harassed and thrown out of their houses. Like having people come to their houses and uh, messing their stuff up. It's, it's a real thing people have been dealing with uh, even especially in New York where uh, people have these leases that develop that uh, renters can't increase their rent at all. These people are being harassed uh, to give up these uh, contracts that they have uh, so that the landlords can increase the rent. Now, these contracts are they do they are getting a pretty sweet deal at this point but uh it's still kind of scummy things that these people do yeah no you hear about that all the time i mean even in modern shows like what was it daredevil you know hell's kitchen that that was the whole plot point of that as well too wasn't fisk trying to get everybody out of those uh, apartments as well too and shut those down redevelop the land i mean i guess maybe my 80s uh childhood is is or my 90s i guess because i was born in 88 but my childhood was warped I, I think my de facto image of a land developer and my form my my formative vision of a land developer from my childhood is the land developer from Ernest Goes to Camp pulling out a rifle and shooting at Ernest. <laughs> that that's yep. spelled out what a land developer is uh, for me. Uh-huh. Yep, that that is the epitome of a land developer. <laughs> How have we not talked about that movie? That's a movie I could talk about. Hey, <laughs> history hey 87. We could do it. We could, yeah. <laughs> but for now, batteries not included. Yeah, this, this movie. <laughs> this very interesting movie. Well, such an interesting start to this movie, and also something I did not like about it. It was important to set up the entire movie. It just felt like it dragged on for so long, them being in this. What felt like a war-torn... The opening credits, yes. It was like Holy Cheers shit. without the happy music. And I guess interesting tidbit is the main actress and main actor were married for several decades. So those are actually oh. pictures of them in those opening wow. credits. So that's kind of cool. That's nice. Yeah. It's a fun little tidbit. See, at the same time, I mean, I'm a big fan of Ken Burns. So when I saw the opening, I I really enjoyed it because it's giving you this background this wealth and plus it's playing uh this big band music it's setting you in the time period and then you know the crushing now times when we come out of it yeah and that was a decent way of doing it with the pictures and stuff i mean my first note in my notebook is damn it did i rent the right movie (laughs) (laughs) same here i was like what is this i i actually was a little bit taken back um, I did like the transition from credits to like actual film. Yes, yes. The like the like negative fade from the black and whites to the now. Yep. Then you got those sepia buildings with the shattered windows and crap. It, it was it was great. It was great. 
Yeah, I'm not necessarily talking about that part. I'm talking about the part that comes from there to when we first see a robot. Oh, how bleak, how absolutely bleak this movie is. I would say most of this film yeah. drags, and that's that's that whole cocoon comparison. If you're not invested, it's going to feel like the movie is four or five hours long. And when you're marketing it as a child, if you're marketing it as a child's movie and you have this like war-torn feel to it where people are just being uh, beat up all the time, I guess uh, American Tale did well too, but it was about the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right on the same same spot with you though, Ken. It's like I I expected this movie to be something different, so that also plays into it. So, kicking this movie off, yeah. it's like, when are we gonna get to the stuff? Like, when are the aliens gonna come and turn kids' toys to life, or whatever is gonna happen in this? And then that didn't happen, and I'm like, oh, so I had to buckle up for a different kind of ride. Yeah, but hey, once the robots showed up and then they got frisky, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting. I guess they're not robots, are they? Or are they robots? I don't know what they are. Maybe they're AI. Just one last comment on the opening. I I did see right away, right in emblazoned text, Steven Spielberg presents, and I got so excited because that usually means I'm in for a ride I'm going to enjoy. And I'm still... Kathleen Kennedy was on there too. Oh, Okay, no, it's okay. It's it's pre two thousands Kathleen Kennedy, so we're okay. <laughs> ah, rude. Oh no, she she was amazing. She did so many good things, but Star oh, yeah. Wars. She had a wonderful nineties. Yeah, Star Wars. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got excited because I was like, okay, cool. I, I like Steven Spielberg presents movies because even if he's not behind the helm, at least it's going to be a decent quality. You know, you got Back to the Future, you got Poltergeist, all kinds of good stuff. Just I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one. I was just going to ask you guys, I don't know if you guys felt the same way I did or caught this the same way. So I watched this in voodoo and full HD, blah, blah, blah. It felt almost like it looked like a stage production or a stage play in a movie versus filmed like a movie. Yeah, it it did. I can that, see what you're saying. I do have notes about that, that it felt, I felt more like I was watching like a, 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 a film version of like West Side Story. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so I'm not the only one then. So it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it kind of caught me off guard. Like I was expecting like a film, and this is definitely a a theatery film. And mm-hmm. that's where I got stuck. And when I was trying to think of something to say, I was like, it, I like the quality of it, but I was like, but it kind of felt like a theater thing. How do I say this out loud? Uh yeah, it's it felt like it was from the theater. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe Jono's Jono's theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's two the, there's two theater nerds here. Oh yeah, damn. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got that I, I did definitely got that feeling. I'm not quite sure. It's definitely like the intro introduction of it or you kind of got your sets. Yeah, a lot of the shots. And, and that's that's probably what it is, is the sets. It's it's not really out I mean, other than the scene where they're going through New York later on, there's there's not a whole lot going on set-wise. So maybe that's part of it. I, I felt the same way towards The Whale. I watched that recently, and I really enjoyed The Whale, but there was something about it, and I started thinking about it and realized that, oh, this really feels like a stage play on film. And then I come to find out that it is adapted from a stage play, and it's like, oh, okay, that just makes sense then. <laughs> so I've started kind of picking up on that more in a few movies I've seen, where it, it just doesn't feel like a like a full I, I i don't know how to describe it like the cinematography feels weird to me as a viewer 
and is not used to that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm picking up on that more, and this movie definitely threw it in my direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, when we're talking... Okay, so this movie, I have no idea who it's for. <laughs> got a few things. Like you got, You got the lady who is either Alzheimer's or purposely forgetting that her child died in a car crash, which is incredibly dark either way. Again, leaning into the, this movie is bleak from the beginning till just about the end. I think that mixed with just the environments themselves. I mean, everything is dark. Everything is dingy. Everything is falling apart, wet, sopping, just grimy. It's it's a great start. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be a building that's being torn down. So it makes sense that you got to make it look like it needs to be torn down. Even when the building's burning down and it's uh, just sheets of bricks falling off the building. That's so cool. Yeah, That's a really good way to show you that the building was like barely standing up. Yeah, no, There's for sure. Barely anything holding this building together. It was really a neat way of doing that. So you got, you got these really dark, bleak things. And then you got these people going and getting electrocuted and all they get <laughs> is like puffed up hair or like a, uh, discount raul julia getting uh his clothes shredder and he runs away so yeah you, you, you got your home alone please don't make me remember i i don't remember anyone's name in this movie i oh i, I don't it's either fine Can't apparently louis Gu- guzman was in it at some point he's he's in the the cast list but i didn't see him at all he must have been one of the toughs probably literally the only face i recognized in this is uh the the actress the 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 pregnant tenant, she's from um, Jacob's Ladder. That's the only face I recognized at all in this movie. You did not recognize Jessica Tandy? I did not. I, I don't remember what she's from. I mean, I, if I start looking her name up, if I start Googling her name, I, I know I'm going to see some. She is Driving Miss Daisy, Fried Green Tomatoes, Cocoon. So many oh, movies she did in this that's time period. One. I never saw Driving Miss Daisy's. Fried Green Tomatoes was on, on the TV when my mother would watch it. I never watched it. I, I guess The Birds, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have known she was in The Birds. And the same with Cocoon. I wouldn't have known she's in Cocoon without watching Cocoon again. I think I've seen Cocoon once. I I think it just, it, it happens that all these movies hit with my parents. And gotcha. they wanted like Cocoon and stuff like that. So I watched it when I was little. Jessica Tandy is a huge part of my development when I was a kid watching movies. She is a fucking staple. Well, yeah, she's she's held like honestly, her acting was ph- phenomenal in this. I I'm looking at her history right now, and there's a lot of movies that I know she's in now, but yeah. nothing that I really held on to as a child. That makes me kind of sad because I've always wanted to see Driving Miss Daisy, but never got around to it. Have we done Murder by no. Death? No, we talked about it in the Clue episode. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I never saw Honky Tonk Freeway, that's that's for sure. Which, great movie. Go watch Clue. Go listen to that one if you're feeling yeah. jazzy. Yeah, go watch Clue after you've watched uh, No ba- uh, Batteries Not Included, because that'll, that'll balance out your, your emotions a oh, little bit. Oh, for sure. Or it'll set you on a wrecking ball crew of emotions that you don't know how to feel about anything. <laughs> yeah, no, Joe, this this is a weird one. Yeah, uh, let's let's focus on what we liked about this movie first. Let's talk about the special effects in this movie. Yes. Because holy crap were they good. <laughs> considering how old this movie is, and I I should 
I should go and see if I can throw my hat in the ring with Corridor Digital and have them do an SFX breakdown. I mean, it's 1987. It's not that old. We had Blade Runner. That's way older than this. And Blade Runner had better mats than this movie. Okay, but after we had Lawnmower Man. (laughs) (laughs) And Langoliers. Let's not forget Langoliers. (laughs) The great reset of the 90s. Yes, the 90s came and basically threw all the progress out the window until we hit Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, and a few other movies. (laughs) (laughs) They went from practical trying to do complete wireframes, and they just didn't have that ready yet. And so they had to go back to practical for uh, Jurassic Park. And where they did use the yeah, we've already been through that where they used it was yeah, it's yeah, sparingly. Yeah. That's that's the magic. The magic is you use it sparingly to touch up and fill in gaps. You you use it just like the frog DNA to sequence a full gene. But no, now people want to use the entire thing for a gene. Now you're gonna have dinosaurs that are all fucking <laughs> flopped over blobs of flesh with bones sticking out, grunting and growling and drooling all over the place because <laughs> they're not true dinosaurs. Are we talking about the thing? Anyways, yeah, you'd end up with thing dinosaurs. You'd end up with John Carpenter's The Thing Dinosaurs scrambling about on an island because they decided to use all CGI instead of practical. But actually, no, that's that's a very topical example, Ken. The original John Carpenter thing from the 80s, masterpiece. The guy worked his ass off doing that those special effects and unfortunately came out around the same time as E.T., so what do you th- what do you think happened? <laughs> Nobody saw the movie, but it gained such a huge cult following. Everybody knows how damn good those practical effects are in that movie and how legendary that movie is because of that. Then they decided mm-hmm. to get greedy and make the movie uh, a prequel in 2011, I think it was. And they had the practical effects. It was looking great, but the studio decided, hey, we want all CG. And that movie looks like a dog turd in comparison. You have two versions of the thing. One that sits on this massive lofty tower looking down at the other one. And the other one's scrambling around looking for any kind of reassurance. <laughs> it's it's a mess. It really is a mess. I, I CG is like... Uh, it, it's it's almost like the internet. It's like it, it has its uses. It's It has its greatness. But overdone, it just ruins society and ruins everything. <laughs> And luckily in this, they didn't depend on the UFOs to hoist the story. They're there as spice. Yes, they're a character. They're not a main character. They're not driving everything like you said. It's not like E.T. having to be on screen and doing stuff and looking good. But holy crap, did they pull off some good special effects with them. Yeah. I I really like the way the flying ones looked. Yeah. The walkers, walkers, I'd say, is like the one uncanny valley spot. We're tough. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a little janky. But as soon as they started flying, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're not you don't have any expectations for flying things, especially flying things without propellers that can fly inside a bread box. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, Ken, you just brought it back. The bread box is like the one mat mat job. I'd I'd say is a little. Yeah, that's a that's not a good mat job. No, no. I would say the rest (laughs) of the movie though, literally. I, I, I couldn't really fault it. I was blown away by the by the visual effects of the, the, the robots flying around. I thought it was actually really, really well done. No, I early on, I was like, these mats are outstanding. And then later on, I was like, eh, okay, maybe I should walk that back a little bit. Ooh, that's a thick black hey, line right there. But yeah, it starts <laughs> strong. 
I guess maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm able to give a little bit more leeway because I think about bad Matt jobs like Temple of Doom in '84. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. That, that, oh, that bridge scene still sends horrors. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Temple of Doom is a masterpiece, and then you get to that one freaking scene. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll have to go back and listen to our episode about that one because I swear we did not enjoy that movie as oh, much. Oh, I love Temple of Doom. I mean, it's it's a product of its time. There's things that have not aged well for sure, but it's still such a good I'm pretty sure we tore the special effects for Temple of Doom apart. Mostly, mostly. It, it was the mat, the mat jobs were awful. Everything else was great. Pretty much that's the only thing I remember about what I was talking about in that movie. Was that, and yeah, we got a different movie to talk about. Do you suppose Mr. Body was a land developer and that's why he got murdered? Potentially. Mr. Mr. Goodbody? No, Mr. Body from Clue. We are bouncing all over the place. <laughs> well, I mean, we are we are not in, in good form. No, it has it been has, a while. I mean, I, I want to... Special effects. I want to... Was... They're pretty good. Yeah, well, let's put that aside. But we, we should One talk about the special UFO effects. was going to saw the hands <laughs> off of its child. Ah, uh, it did not saw the hands off. It sawed the wood. Saw the... I, they teased. Yes. I was terrified at first, too. I'm like, what in the hell kind of dark twist yeah. just happened? And then I realized, <laughs> oh, it's cutting the wood off the step. It was a great tease. I loved it. Given... The way that this movie was playing, I would not have been surprised if they cut the child's hand off. <laughs> but I was happy to see that somebody stayed the hand like, hey, what if we just cut the wood instead of the hands? I mean, if it lost its hands, it could just it could just rebuild them. It'd be I fine. Mean, I, I saw everybody bolt up from their tables to go see what was the matter. And this is like, oh, OK, they're as concerned as we are. And then I saw the, the board splitting and then it, was, it felt OK. Did they ever go into why the boxer didn't talk because if they didn't that's fine they don't need he to does that's a talk. mystery he's just he was just a quiet big big guy I, I, I don't know when we first meet him he got the shit kicked out of him don't forget that i mean that guy who came in i i, I wish i remembered names carlos, yeah, carlos the hoodlum dude yeah. baseball bat he came in and discount raul julia yeah yeah discount raul julia <laughs> i like that i like that i mean the first thing he has the first interaction he has with him is i mean the dude hides He's a huge guy, and he hides from him because he he gives the exposition that he, you know, beat the crap out of him last last encounter that they had, punched his, you know, lights out, and his face is all swelled up and everything when they actually show him. So maybe that's why he's not talking at least in the beginning of the movie because I don't know. I mean, that could be. I think the old guy said that uh, he had never heard the the that guy talk. Oh, I, d- I didn't catch that. So then it goes further back. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And the guy goes and decides to make a uh, stillborn robot baby joke. Battery's not included. Yeah. But, I mean, this movie had the balls to take on a stillbirth. How many movies have you seen that have talked about that issue? Right? None. Like, none? Absolutely none. Next to zero. And this, no even fancy footing around it they just ram right into it and like look this happened here's a stillborn and i'm gonna dig up the body and take it downstairs it was, it was pretty crazy how that whole sequence of events just exploded on the screen 
I guess this is their version of do robots really have do do their do they really have lives that matter? The old AI questions. You know, they also had There's AI. been plenty of movies that talked about, you know, what is life? It's the same question. Though at the same time, they soften it by him being able to revive this stillborn UFO, which by drowning it and then that's that weirdness of this movie where they take on such a serious topic and they're so bold with it and then they're like ah no we're not serious Ah." reel this back in make it funny quick make it funny it's too serious it's like every every time they actually could start making a social commentary they have to walk it back well they're trying to market this as a comedy oh yeah dementia that's that's funny ha 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 she thinks her son is still alive. <laughs> Everyone's miserable. Now, if the best part of this movie is the fake out, the fake out that she has dementia, because she doesn't, the best part of this movie is learning that she is suffering from grief so hard that she has created an alternate reality. And then through the process of the movie, that alternate reality gets challenged and collapses. And it lines up with the the whole movie is the arc of her grief and how it comes to pass because the building is basically her grief. And as, as long as it stays up by whatever means possible, she never has to deal with it until it gets torn down. And oh, then she then gets to it. It gets rebuilt. That's not... Yeah, grief at the end of the no, movie. because she no, it's her reality. That she lived through it. It's a beautiful thing in the end. I miss when movies had subplots and subtext like that instead of it just being all spoon fed. Yeah, well, movies like this for don't make money for such a. I'll say it. This is a throwaway movie by a studio. It is. Oh, oh it is for sure. It is. It's got such good heart to it for the story and everything. I it's I feel bad to the people that took years of their lives writing and developing this for a studio to kind of it feels like a studio just used it as a let's toss this out, let's have something happen. It sounds kind of good because there's a lot underneath the glitz of this movie. And that's why I think it's so confusing. I, I wanted to walk into it within the first like half hour. I wanted to just kind of like write it off as just, you know, what it was on the surface. But then as the layers start actually peeling back and you start seeing everything, I can't walk away from this not appreciating it in some way, shape, or form because there's so much to appreciate if you look. It's kind of ridiculous. It's been a while since I've seen a movie that did that. Yeah, it's kind of like the movie fought back and was like, no, I'm going to be something. You're not going to just shelf me as a, uh, what, a September movie or something, whatever. I don't remember the time of year that this came out in, but it's obviously wasn't vying for contention of anything. And it's it just goes back to what Ken and I were saying, just with the misconception of what it was going to be. It's it's interesting because if you Google this movie, one of the first movies that pops up alongside of it is like Flight of the Navigator and stuff like that, and then it just does not fit in that space. It doesn't fit into that space at all. Flight of the Navigator was a was was just a well a flight of fancy. I don't want to sound super corny there, but like it wasn't. It it had its dark points, but it was not. And I keep pounding on this, how bleak Batteries Not Included is. Mm-hmm. 
It's no, a yeah. sad film. I mean, look at the look at the oh, what's his name? The, the artist though. He's got some pretty crazy stuff. He's probably the only character in the movie, even more so than the land developers and whatnot, that I didn't like. I really did not yes. like him. He was a bad guy. Mason is the worst character out of all the leads. He's a yeah, absolute shit stain. He's that shit stained sleazy eighties guy who boo hoo hoo, my life sucks. Uh, I meet this I meet this manic pixie dream girl of that's gonna come along and save everything for me. Oh no, she's pregnant. Well I could ignore that. Oh no, she's still with her boyfriend. Well I can ignore that. Oh, her boyfriend came back. I'm gonna go get drunk and moan and cry around about it. And then he's he's what? He's like gonna trash his own place when he gets back home and she's there, so then they reconcile and he fucking steals a kiss from her even though she's in a relationship and has a baby. This guy's just a douchebag all around. <laughs> And I mean, that just takes you down. Is that how the character was written? Or is that just how the character ended up being portrayed? I can't, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. (laughs) I I would say that's like the detractor for me. It's the one crappy character in the punch. But I, I gotta say, I appreciate that as well, though, too, because it just rounds out the cast, question mark. You can't have everybody being nice and wholesome and happy. Yeah. I mean, I fell into the trap of, what was the guy's name, Carlos, or whatever? The the guy who was the muscle to try and work people out. Yes, Car- that was I mean, Carlos. at the beginning of the movie, I'm, like, wishy-washy on it and stuff like that. But by the end of the movie, I felt he portrayed the travel, the how he got from one place to another. You know, he's trying to say he wants better for himself in the middle of the movie, and that's why he's doing all these terrible things. So he's nosing up to all these terrible people to try get ahead. And then he realizes, oh, guess what? You're still gonna get stepped on by all these people because well, because he's brown. But at the same time, it's not just racism, it's just you're cuddling up with terrible fucking people. You're not always going to get ahead, even though we've seen it so many times. I felt like Carlos had the biggest amount of, like, character growth across the movie. His character growed so much to the point that he walked off. You know, that's that was his ending, is that he he left. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big parade. It wasn't a big fundamental learning thing on screen. It was him walking away and finding out none of this is what was worth it. I need to just separate. That's a huge personal development. It is. I I really like that scene where he goes to the offices of the land developer and it just really kind of shows his place. Like everybody's just like, why are you even here? And blah, blah, blah. It's like kind of treating him like crap, trying to get him out of the building. He shows up in a suit and tie trying to actually make himself look nice and actually try to make a, a presentation of himself. And it just, it was sad to see that. It was sad to see it because he still at that point thought that that was going to change his life somehow, being around those people. Yeah, I mean, that watching that character development, I think, was second to Faye's character development. But I don't know how much you can beat Jessica Tandy at acting. <laughs> so... Nah, that's... Little bit of a steep, steep incline. It's almost straight up and down. I'll give you like one or two degrees. Ultimately, I'd say there's nothing wrong with the acting in no, this movie. No, yeah. I enjoyed it. Some solid acting. I wasn't really uh, pulled up by anybody. I mean, we've had several movies where there's like one person who's questionable. But yeah, no, this was... I, I walked into this movie not knowing any of the names and being and kind of grumbling about it. Like, oh, great. What's this movie going to be? And I... 
I honestly was surprised. I actually very much enjoyed this movie because of that. Everybody here was just, and I don't know if that's some Spielberg magic or whatnot, but Spielberg liked to choose people that not a lot of people knew. He chose based off strength versus star power. And if that was the case for this movie, holy hell did it show. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Because even Mason, I mean, I there was nothing that I felt like I should have liked the guy. He just, uh, he's not relatable. <laughs> no, he's not kind of a leech. Is he though? Because he's trying to save his building. And uh, get it on the historic register. No, I self-serving, I think, is what he is. I would say so. Very. Trying to keep his rent lower. Well, one, yeah, to keep where he's living so it doesn't get tore down. And two, um, basically everything that he does is like, oh, we need to do this because these things, you know, he's always about how can it benefit him. Not that, sure. yeah, it, anyway, whatever. Mason's a shitty character, whatever. Well, he might be, but maybe this is a sobering check for all of you folks. He's one of the only main actors still alive. That's in my Whoa, notes. You do that? Yes, I know. Every, it's in my notes. Like, everyone else is dead. Even Carlos died. Carlos died in the 80s. Car- Carlos died two years after this movie was made. Was he buried by a land of No, he died of AIDS. Oh, and, and the oh. actress who played Marissa, who was also in Jacob's Ladder, apparently she died in 2014. Like, there's just... Oh, my God. She was in La, yeah. she was in La Bamba, too, I guess. It, and Rush and, Hour? And, and oh, Rush yeah. Hour. Rush Hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie her. was a real kick in the pants of seeing who has passed away. Yes, it is. And I don't know why I looked that up last night after watching it, but that made me kind of more sad. Yeah, yeah. I kind of was a little weepy by the end of this movie, but then seeing, you know, uh, Michael Carmine, who played Carlos, passed away two years after this movie was done. And it just was like, Jesus, he never had time to develop his career. He was cut down too early and time rolls on. God damn. So he could have been, he, instead of Luis Goodman, Guzman, could have been Gomez and Wednesday. <laughs> Good, who knows? Elizabeth <laughs> Pena played a character in The Incredibles. What? Yeah, no way. 2004. She played the, she voice acted Mirage. Interesting. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's sad. It, it, it's honestly sad. I think Carlos is the most tragic out of all of them, but I, I was not expecting to see her gone too. That that kind of hit me because it's just that it's once you what's it's once you click on a face it's like oh that face i know that face and then you start looking into it and boom that face is gone it's like that one little anchor you had is suddenly severed mm-hmm. so let's move on to what we didn't exactly like about the movie <laughs> haven't we been doing both yeah we, we kind of have been back and forth um there are a lot of continuity errors in this what? Uh, never that's impossible no, that's impossible uh, for example, during the scene where Faye and her husband, whose name I can never remember, they're dancing in in the cafe, uh-huh. and her husband's holding a one of those like like sugar shakers. Yeah. yeah. At one point, the sugar is pouring out. He's holding the jar crooked and is pouring out onto the floor and is almost empty. And the next like the next cut, the the jar is re like is is held better in his hand and full uh, i got this one movie 
hey, uh, there are robots in here that fix anything. They just kind of fixed it in the car. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, I, I will say this movie had a almost 50-50 split, I'd say, of really, really damn good quotes. And then really awful quotes. <laughs> like, I'm not sure where to fit. Like, it's old and depressing. It's reality. This is the 80s. Nobody likes reality anymore. I think we can just put that in any gen- any uh, year and we be pretty close. Yeah. Right? But then you have some real amazing ones, like the quickest way to end a miracle is to ask it why it is or what it wants. That was pretty good. Yeah. that I have yeah. that one written down. Really I like yeah. that one. So I don't know. It's like I, I laud half the writing of this movie. The other half is up in the air. Like you guys said earlier, when when the superintendent says battery's not or mother's battery's not included to the stillborn yeah. fucking robot, just, uh, no. And on top of it, it's the name of the movie. It's just like, come on. Yeah, that that doesn't make anything better. It, it's like you know, it's at that moment I knew I rented the right movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys want to know what the uh, Rotten Tomato score was? Sure, go ahead. Tomatoes scored it 67%, and it has a 64% audience score. That's good. It's fresh, at least. Mostly. Mostly. Uh, it, the way Rotten Tomatoes does it is weird. Yeah, lots of... This is a... This is a what did they say? Um, an earnest and exceedingly well-acted endeavor that isn't, for the most part, as compelling or absorbing as one might... It does hold. make me sad that Fast X is not far behind <laughs> with a 56%. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> movie made 30 32.9 million dollars this one That's yeah not bad nice gross yeah. u.s i don't have a gross international, international. i'd have to check wikipedia now, i was getting the vibe that maybe this was a pseudo sci-fi adaptation of the borrowers i could see that that's a good guy i was I wasn't quite sure, but at the same time, I'm like, it kind of feels like that. Sort of. One of the Rotten Tomatoes, like, critics said that it's just a long firm, long form Amazing Stories episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, you, Amazing Stories? I don't know what that yeah, is. I don't either. It's, it's basically like a, a Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's like Twilight Zone. Yeah, another, another version of a Twilight Zone, but not series. as dark. Yeah. What's a Twilight Zone? Is is that like Black Mirror? You shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, you shut your whore mouth. You shut your mouth. You know what the Twilight Zone is. Yes, I do. Being a glasses wearer for my entire life, it makes me terrified that a nuclear <laughs> holocaust will happen, and that I won't be able to read books because mine will fall off and shatter on steps of the public library. I think about it every day, every day. Anyways. <sighs> And all the other glass have been destroyed. From your impression of this movie before to now, what's changed? I guess knowing what it is. And I, re- yeah. I respect the hell out of it now. I remember bits and pieces of this movie. I don't remember. I It obviously didn't, like, it didn't form itself as a, a rememberable film for young, young, young Dan. Sure. This movie's, it's in such a weird spot. So when I... I, I'm still in this movie doesn't know what it is. If it would have picked, picked a... A lane uh, and stayed in it? Yeah, it would have been much more uh, easier... To digest? Easier to digest, I guess. Yeah. Put me in one frame, man, uh, frame of mind. Don't try to keep me taking me out of the movie. Which is kind of where I left the movie last night. I didn't much care for the movie because it kept on taking me out of it like that. But also... 
it was really depressing and I don't need that kind of depression in my life. But then uh, talking about it today, actually, uh, I, I don't know whether or not I like the movie, but I can appreciate what the movie was doing a lot more. Just having a good chat about it real quick. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I had inklings, but it definitely solidified talking to you guys. Like, there's a lot more going on in this than really comes to mind in the first viewing by yourself. Yeah, it is. The movie is a lot deeper than it it is portrayed to be, and even what it like what it is when you watch it. Like, you have to sit and really chew on what you've experienced watching this film. And maybe it would have helped for me to watch a preview before I watched the movie, so that way I knew what I was getting into, <laughs> so I could get in the right frame of mind. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, th- this is a nice one. I-, I like going into movies without watching trailers, without knowing anything about them, and that happens a lot on this this podcast, at least from what I'm seeing. Remember when we used to critique trailers? I know. And, I- and actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I'm actually really enjoying going into it blind. Like, how how often can you say you can do that nowadays? Like, Every trailer shows half the movie, if not more, and it's just you can't escape marketing for the movies that are out, so you know what you're walking into. All the best parts are in them. This was just like walking, it's got that old feel to it where, like, you could just walk into a cinema, buy a ticket, walk into a freaking theater room, sit down, and start watching a movie, not knowing anything about it, and there you are. And that's how it felt. It, it didn't feel like I'm checking off a checklist of things to expect before I go and do this thing to make sure it's worth my time. I like that. I like that a lot. Nice. So thank you. Thank you, whoever recommended this movie. <laughs> whoever whoever brought this up. Thank I you, Joe. Joe. Thank you. It was me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Did you go, Joe? Yeah, when I was a kid, I I just focused on the little tiny UFOs and like the cool shit that they were doing. Like, oh my god, that one took an axe to the face and it was repaired and it lived. And you know, they had babies and there was a lot of like really cool stuff for me as a kid to latch onto and watch. And I'll say the two leads, Faye and her husband and uh, the the janitor, the former boxer, those were like characters I could kind of cling to and understand because it was very broad strokes. And the more detailed strokes, sadly, it's the uh, painter and the uh, lady, the single mother, I could have cared less about because I was a kid. That was too intricate for me. I couldn't really deal with the big moments that were happening in the movie. I just dealt with the big characters. And that was enough as a kid. And then coming back to it now, it's just the tone, the what happens between the characters is so different from how I experienced the movie as a child that A, it was a really good watch and B, it's one of those films that actually kind of made me tear up while watching it. And it's it's like, yeah, things are different now. You see the world differently. It's, and damn, you're getting, age is getting to you. But I'm not that old, so I understand. (laughs) At the same time, it's like, I wouldn't recommend this movie for just anyone. Yeah. No, definitely not what it was marketed for. It's it's I keep I keep seeing it's either marketed as a comedy or like a family friendly film, which is not <laughs> what this movie is at no. at all. Family friendly maybe. This is it's a little bit dark, but I think you can get away with family friendly. <laughs> yeah, no. I could see like this definitely gets shoved in boxes like we're talking about with the flight navigator and things like that where it doesn't fit, but man, Joe, I I am 
legitimately jealous and wish I could have experienced it the same way that you did because I could absolutely see that. I could see through the eyes of a kid, like having seen this back in the day, that coming back to it and seeing all the fun changes and nuances between the characters, just getting that much more out of it, that's pretty rare for most of the stuff we've seen. And this is like, I think, yeah. the absolute best example out of the movies that we've seen so far of it gaining more. I, I try, I'm at a loss for the words, but just really just kind of having more hidden beneath the floorboards when you come back as an adult to take a look at it again. It's It's got a lot going on that I could absolutely see that twist, that, that turn like that. Yeah, I agree. It's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, I, I know we've brought it up for a couple of movies in the past, but nothing on this scale, at least. Yeah. And in the end, I'm the thing that really hit me the most was Michael Carmine. It's like... I felt he could have been a good actor. Like, just never had the opportunity. Certainly had some promise Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, because he's phenomenal in this. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, I'm not going to say phenomenal. In this movie, I (laughs) would say he was. (laughs) There was a couple scenes I'd say he was good. Whatever. I I really enjoyed his performance, but it's like, yeah, finding out. As you said, everyone's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yeah, that's a tough one. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Yep. Like a uh, like a construction worker sitting down after a long, hard day waiting for a hearty meal, <laughs> only to bite into his burger and there's a robot in it. But he didn't even get that far because it rocked They're lucky away. they had union workers out there that could tell off the developer. Right? That they were taking breaks. When he moves, we move. So like, there's just so many good thank quotes from those guys. The union for slowing down. <laughs> like that's just such an '80s thing, though. Like all these '80s land developer movies. To be fair, it's not their job <laughs> to murder people to put up a building. It's no, that's to... that's what the Pinkertons do for you. Oh yes, yes. Right. Ooh. Ah oh, man, the cops are an interesting bag too. Like they're like. Nope. <laughs> What kids are gonna do to do to arrest this guy yeah. at all? Oh yeah, at the start, and then at the end, they're like, "Hey, we need to pick you up because your building's back, and you need to see your new building." It's like, "What? What are you doing?" Right, cops? like that—that that was cold in the beginning. Like, what neighborhood? <laughs> <Just> drive away. <laughs> the cops go through a real growth. <laughs> <laughs> now we can watch police. Let's watch Police Story. I thought you were gonna say Police no. Academy. No, not Academy. We already did that. Jackie Chan. But Joe, there's aren't there like nine of them? I mean, they go. There are about nine of them, and no, we are not watching them all. They go to Moscow. (laughs) They have a mission to Moscow. Well, that's kind of early on, actually. So, and then there's a what? Wasn't there a short-lived TV series or cartoon? Oh. It, I wouldn't doubt that there was a cartoon. Yeah, because they, they tried to do a show just like Animal House. Animal House did one season of a show in some capacity, too. Like, wow. It's been a while since it has been, a goon. But this is the closest oh. to a goon. A goon is very close to this movie. <laughs> it's goot adjacent. I mean, we, we did short circuit. I remember that, at least. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that, that was a popular thing in the 80s, wasn't it? We got the short circuit. We got the ETs. This was uh, trying to merge the two. Making it alien I mean, robots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the studio said, hey, we need an alien or a robot movie. And the writer said, hey, I got you and went hard. <laughs> I mean, let's let's talk about the fact that you can't kill these things. Because they just fix oh, so you. Good. Well, if you kill it both. It looks like you can. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I just looked up if Gutenberg's. Carlos would have taken two swings, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. He didn't double tap. That's that's the problem. That's why it's so I was looking up Gutenberg movies to see where we could mine more goot from, and I got a little sad when I saw his most recent movies. He was in Lava Lantula in 2015. <laughs> oh, God. what? I really? Watch that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That name alone. Uh-huh. It's a lava Damn. Slider. Come on. I mean, we got three men and a baby. I'm in. There's, there's that. Oh, that'll be, that'll happen, maybe. I've, I don't think I've, we've done it already in really? any capacity. That's surprising if you guys haven't. There's I don't that, think we have. We've a little lady. We could do both. No, so cool. no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, this was us welcoming our saviors down from the sky, embodied as UFOs that fit into our pockets and rebuilding homes from the 50s our podcast from two months ago uh watching batteries not included god damn. Are, are you saying we all made the wish at the same time and we did and then it happened to be that everyone made the same wish we want to record <gasps> we left today. their window open Yay! last night well anyway we'll be back in two weeks i'm we're gonna try two weeks <laughs> And uh, we'll come back talking about what a crazy summer we're having with the film One Crazy Summer. Where did that one come from? That was not at all in our... What's on the list? Where did it come from? It came from my past. Oh, and my future. We Ooh, talked about this maybe this three or four months we'll ago. In two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's, we, we talked about it. It's, it's got that cover with the big we crazy sun it. and the sunglasses on, looking down at everybody. Yeah, this is happening. We're going to have that a regatta. We're going to save everything from the Richies across town. <gasps> oh, I'm and so excited. I might have seen this. I forgot it has Bobcat Goldwaith. I'm so excited now. Yes. Yes. It's going to be a Bob- good time. Oh, I'm pumped. How many so we'll has Bobcat Goldwaith had that? We'll see you in about two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> you might have. It's good. <laughs> when we rewind. Again. Again. Oh, there it is. Oof. Thought we lost you. Okay. Oof. Joe, I, I, I just, just for editing's sake, could I have you do that whole thing a little less protracted? <laughs> Please. Please. Dan, just I out. did it because I wanted it that way. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. Okay. Oh.